What's going on? Welcome to episode 125 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my faithful co-hosts, Bilal and Kevin. What's up, Bilal? Not much. I'm just living the Diablo life. Um, you know, Blizzard really went all out with the marketing this this week uh, in the Northeast. It really brought hell to earth. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you see that picture that was going around on social media of the the smoke from the wildfires directly behind the banner? The Not the banner, the... Uh, the billboard. The billboard, yes, yes. In, in Times Square. That it just is. says, like, uh, welcome to one. hell, New York. Oh I, I I've I actually I've got it right here. I'll share it if you're on the live stream. Just give me one sec. It is uh it is glorious. Uh, I mean it's it's bad out there in, in general, but um yeah there there it is. Well, yeah, that is six six twenty three. That is I mean I I mean rough. like talk about predicting the future because they nailed it to the day of, oh, <laughs> of the wildfires. Yeah no, but it's uh. It's really bad out here. If you're in the Northeast, um, stay indoors. No need to go out. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did for the most part today. And I, I had a whole bunch of yard work that I had planned on doing. And my wife was like, you know what? Just wait till tomorrow or the day after. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah. I, so. I'm not crazy. It's been like this for like a week, right? I feel like I've been seeing fog down the down the street for like a week. Uh, I think as far as the smoke-related stuff, it's just been the past two days. Yeah, yesterday was the first uh, day we started getting any signs of it. And for us, it wasn't that bad. My sister, who's in New Jersey, was telling me about it and complaining about it there. Um, and then today is when we and when I received the uh, air quality warning. Right, right. And so I, it's rough. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, there's nothing you could do about it, right? You're just kind of helpless, and so. I uh, know uh, there. There's yeah, one thing. Like... There's there's one thing you can do. Just stay inside and play video yeah, games. Right. <laughs> Which is what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, what about you, Kev? What's going on? Uh, nothing much. You know, uh, just driving my air filter around. Uh, mm. as you know, as your car is, that's what it's good for. Um, yeah. Trying to filter out the air. Uh, yeah, just kind of sitting there chilling with um. Chilling with breath, uh, breath of the wild. <laughs> Chilling with tears of the kingdom. You know, that's all I really can do. All right. Well, Wait. hey, listen. Since you've mentioned the game, why don't we go ahead and, and start off with what you've been playing? Is has it just still been all tears of the kingdom all the time? I basically haven't been able to touch anything, but yeah, tears of the kingdom before bed always uh, makes the medicine go down well. Um, <laughs> and then also today, I saw. I didn't even know they still make content for the division too. But apparently, year five of content is about to drop. I put that in my uh, my other friend's Discord. A couple of them said they're willing to reinstall. So probably going to be playing that pretty soon. You have very willing friends. <laughs> I mean, they're like the only thing they're playing is Street Fighter and yeah. like 2K. Right. <laughs> so, so they're they're willing to play almost anything to get them off of 2K. I'm sure. Well, I'm. Well, did none of us pick up Street Fighter? uh so we'll get to that when i talk about what i've been playing okay okay um but all right well so what about you Bilal? what have uh, you been playing okay i have been donning in my hood and summoning lady lilith too 
the end of Forland. <laughs> is that is that what they sent you in that like? Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, and they sent you the, the... a vial of blood, a candle. There's incense. There's That's a awesome. there's a summoning mat as well. And yeah, I need an petals. explanation. I'm lost. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So Kev, you were on the podcast back then. Uh, so when I had just started at Peacock, um, this was like early summer, uh, before they announced the release date for this game. Uh, they had a contest, like a Twitter contest, where it was like, hey, we're going to tweet out something, and if you're in this major city, put in your ad- address, and you might get selected. I got selected, and I got this bo- Diablo box, which came with like all these little, like a shirt and all this wild stuff. Uh, some people got um, like battle.net gift cards if it was digital, but yeah, it was just like a care package that came through Grubhub. Um, it was It was fun. It has a lot of these like blood petals that I now understand the reference for in the game now that I'm playing it. True. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, Diablo 4 released in early access last week. Uh, I believe Thursday yeah, night. Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night at 7 p.m. 7 on the PM. East Coast. Yep. And, you know, coming off of Diablo 3, where everything about that game from its launch to how it was received this just feels like the complete opposite very smooth launch for diablo 4 in the early access uh the only hiccup was playstation licensing issues for about an hour and then everyone was getting on there fine but like on pc and xbox you might have had to wait like if you're trying to get on in that first half hour you might have a small queue but other than that like I jumped on around 10, and I was in, like, it went straight into cinematics, straight to create your character, and you're just playing. And, you know, if you played your Diablos, it's your action RPG, you choose one of the five classes, Barbarian, Rogue, uh, Necromancer, um, Druid, I'm forgetting the other one. Um, and you choose one of those, and you put... Sorcerer. There you go. Yeah, thanks. And you um, click your way... Uh, through the land of Sanctuary, or the world of Sanctuary, and uh, kind of go on this quest to stop Lilith, who's one of, not the prime evils, maybe the lesser evils, uh, I don't know my mythology too well, uh, as she's trying to... Uh, her, oh, I don't want to really spoil what her motives are, but right. she's up to no good. She's trying to unleash hell and bring back some prime evils uh, and, and such. And then you're tasked with stopping her. Um, and that first night I was playing it, I was like, yeah, this is Diablo. Like, this is like what I remember from Diablo 3, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of nice quality of life updates. Like, I a lot a of lot, nice quality uh, like, of life updates. They do a lot of... There's a lot of stuff in this game that I was like, I would have expected this, like, in the first expansion. Um, and maybe this is what this is after Diablo 3, where they've, like, they've really nailed, um, a lot of the quality of life stuff, like, uh, things with armor, things with, like, getting around the map, uh, I mean, dropping in way, and out. Even uh, the way multiplayer works, where you go into a yeah. multiplayer match, and all the enemies are scaled towards your character. Yeah. And so, even if you go in and you're level 50 and you go into your friend's game and he's level 4, uh, you guys are still contributing basically the same amount right you're not going that's the part that blows my mind yeah you're not going to yeah. one shotting everything so that they don't even get to play uh you guys are both doing damage you might do more of it just because you have access to more abilities and uh you're you're 
your buffs and passes and stuff like that. But you're both contributing. And so that's been that's been great. It's been one of those things where like uh, we've been able to hop in. I've got mm, four other friends uh, currently playing on the regular. And it's also been great because we all picked a different class, right? Oh, who are you playing as? What class? I'm, I'm playing as a barbarian only because okay. everyone else was like, well, have like stated what they were playing. And I was like, I guess no one else played barbarian. So maybe, maybe there's like a role here for me to go in and, and play. Uh, and I w thought he would be tankier than, or maybe the build I'm using is completely wrong. I'm using like one of the leveling builds off of icy veins. Mm -hmm. Um, but. Yeah, he's not as tanky as I imagined, but he can dish out a good amount of DPS. And uh, I, I heard I've they just, already got nerfed. I, I don't know if maybe from, that's from, what it is, but from the I think from the beta, uh, the whirlwind um, barbarian apparently was very OP because uh, mm. that's what I started with initially. I was like, I'm gonna get whirlwind, and I'm just gonna spin to mm. win. To win, yeah. And then, then yeah. and then. <laughs> And then next thing I know, I'm like swinging this axe in a circle. He's just like, oh, I need more fury. And then, and then he's it's just like slapping so your enemies with like a wet pool of noodle. That's what it felt like. Uh, so I just went into this. It's called like Hammer of Ancients. It's the ability. You kind of like generate your fury, and the more fury you have, you uh, then you slam your hammers, and it does AOE damage, and it it's very nice. And then you like. Um, you chain that with death blow, which is like a slashing ability. Uh, and you take the slap, and if you kill an enemy with it, uh, it uh, resets the cooldown, and then you can mm -hmm. just use it again. And so, if you chain a um, hammer of ancients and death blow properly, you can just go through enemies so quick. <laughs> it is uh, mm -hmm. it is quite nice, and like placing yourself in the right spot, especially against like a boss. Uh, as their minions are coming, because like Deathblow has a very long cooldown, but if you kind of line up a minion with the boss, you could get like two very good uh, hits off on the boss, and like there's a enhanced ability for Deathblow, which allows you to do a hundred percent more damage uh, to them. So you're not gonna kill the boss in one hit, but you can do a shit ton of damage <laughs> to them. Uh, so there's very cool ways you can play around with the different builds. Um, and like refunding the skill tree doesn't cost a lot either because this game just throws money and <laughs> loot at you constantly. Uh, and then like I've just been salvaging uh, a, a lot of stuff. The transmog system is fantastic. Like if you mm -hmm. salvage uh, any of your gear uh, that uh, you haven't salvaged before, you can get the ability to customize it. And like that's something a lot of games don't get right out of the gate. It usually takes them like a year or two to be like, we have transmog. And the fact yeah. that they've got it working without like any sort of currency or loopholes to jump through is and also, very I, nice. I love that right on the gear, it, it there's a line of text that says, uh, unlocks new look if salvaged, right? Yeah. So I go in there and I anything that has and there's that an icon it, too. Yes, anything that has yeah. that icon and that text on it, I, I salvage. And then everything else I just sell, right? Cause, uh, like you said, they throw so much loot at you that the need to salvage everything isn't there. Uh, you could just sell it, especially with, uh, although the costs aren't high, as you mentioned, it's dirt cheap to respec. But you do want to mess around and respec fairly often, especially in the beginning. I finally landed on a build where I'm just playing a ranged uh, Shadow Rogue where oh, nice. I am like, most of my focus is on being able to uh, take out large mobs instead of like singular targets. 
um, but still be able to rip enough damage with my rapid fire to like you know burn an enemy a boss down and so yeah it's it's man it's you mentioned the launch being super smooth it's also one of those things where like this at the end of the day is a live service game right mm -hmm. and i have no complaints like it's content yeah. rich the gameplay loop is fun the the, the, the loot is is, yeah. is good like everything that should be done well for a live service game it's doing well right now and it's just like and you say content rich if you just concentrated on the main quest mm -hmm. you i think you'd still be satisfied because it, on top of the side quests there's a ton of dungeons uh, a ridiculous amount of dungeons and they're not easy i've had to call on help <laughs> on a few when i got to the boss um just because like i if a boss ha tends to do a lot of aoe damage uh when i'm playing the barbarian i have a i have a difficult time taking care of all the ads dodging certain abilities uh it, it just becomes a bit too much Angie's been playing a druid and he just comes in in bear form and it's just like he'll be standing in front of a boss that's just like I take one hit and I'm like ah, ah pop the potion pop the potion <laughs> and his health bar doesn't move it's yeah, re no, it's really it, funny the, and the as far as druids are concerned it does feel like bear form is the way to go yeah yeah and so it's it's like we have a buddy playing sorcerer another one playing necromancer um it, it, yeah so, on t so it's like you got dungeons you have strongholds uh i know there's a capstone dungeon at the end of the game and then you, you can move up into tiers which unlocks more um i think sacred weapons and more unique weapons i haven't even touched aspects uh i haven't been able to uh, uh, add an aspect on a weapon yet uh there's jewel crafting oh god there, there's, there's so much of, there's world events there's world events side yeah. quests off the main quest i mean i have played 11 hours and 46 minutes of this game and I just finished Act One, and I did not do all the side quests in it. Now, granted, I'm like yeah. hopping in between friends' games and stuff like that. The other thing that it gets right is that if you and a friend are at the same place in the main quest, you mm -hmm. get you get progress for that quest. Right? Okay, so that's how that works. I wasn't yes. entirely sure. Um, I know this. I knew no side quests will work, but yeah. uh, I wasn't sure on the main quest progress because I think a bunch of us are. <laughs> all over the place and yeah. so we've just been kind of just jumping in doing dungeons or helping whoever out uh when i've set my invite my parties as like it's just open to friends so mm -hmm. otherwise it's a request but nice cool prompts on uh, how it's handled there um i do enjoy some of those statues you come across which like they'll be like oh you must atone <laughs> and you have to yeah. go emote <laughs> like yeah. that you're sorry <laughs> um i also it's just, it's i also silly. also the pillars that give you buffs and stuff like that there are some buffs where i'm just like i wish i could play the whole game like this like where you just turn into a lightning ball and just like yeah. dash through. or the one that where the one where like i am firing i'm already firing a ton of arrows as a shadow rogue there's one where like the whole screen it looks like a shmup like i'm an enemy in a shmup i'm shooting so many fires uh um firing so many arrows across the screen it's it's awesome it is it makes you feel so powerful they're only for you know 10 12 seconds something like that mm -hmm. um but yeah they're awesome i am i am having a blast i will say though that i've had a couple people i was hooked pretty much from the start but i've had a couple people say the same thing that you said where like for the first 30 minutes they were like oh yeah this is diablo like i'm playing mm -hmm. diablo and stuff like that and then without fail i get a message like an hour hour and a half in that's like oh no no no, no. <laughs> i've got it's in my veins i so, am so, like 
know? <laughs> so so I I said that that first night. Um, like I said, I jumped on around 10, 10.30 on Thursday night. And when I said that, and I like signed off, like I was like, okay, yeah, you know, this, this is cool. It was 4 a.m. And I did not know where the time had gone by. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. I don't... I can't tell you how many hours I have in it, uh, jumping back and forth between consoles. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, seamless experience between uh, playing on PC, though I bumped on with a 3080 Ti, I bumped it down to high from Ultra, just because mm-hmm. at some points on Ultra, it just like, it dropped a single digit frames for no reason at all. Like I'd enter a town and I'd open all up right. like the map menu and then it'd just be like, it'd be chugging. And I was like, okay, drop it to high, it still looks good. Yeah, Even with Series- the LSS on? Yeah, with the uh, I'll set to ultra performance. So like okay. uh that's with everything up on ultra. So I just yeah. dropped it the high. It's been smooth ever since. Um uh Series X amazing. It it, it uh, looks runs great. Series S same thing. Honestly, uh I'm not sure what the resolution is on the Series S, but I thought I was 4K gaming the entire time. Uh um, Yeah, right, right, right. Which is just I'm still after like Jedi uh Jedi um, Survivor, and, and now this. Uh, I'm just like, why do we need 4K when 1080 can look good? Um, I mean, I think I think I think PC gamers who run their games at ultra high frame rates, but at 1080, have been saying this for years. Yeah, right? like you don't need uh, 4K. You don't need the 4K yeah. assets. The games still look amazing. Just um, for those just, people who are still like, oh, I need to play on the TV, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like sixty I, inch screen that they want to. They want to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hold on, sixty five. <laughs> Come on, man. And then, uh, <laughs> or or by a hundred inch projector. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Um. What else did I want to quickly mention? Uh. Oh yeah, Steam Deck. Um. Helped a bunch of friends and cousins uh, install it on there. Mm. Throw that baby on low. Plays phenomenally well. Uh. Better than I expected it to. Uh. The fans can kick in and get a little bit loud. So like, if you're gonna play it on Steam Deck. In bed, just make sure your spouse <laughs> won't get annoyed by uh, loud fan fan sounds. Um, yeah, it's uh, honestly this game's like a ten out of ten in my book for how addicting it is. It's like I've been meaning to get back to Tears of the Kingdom. I I don't know if I will, <laughs> which is a really bad thing to say. Uh, but I just like l- listen. I got Final Fantasy sixteen coming up. Uh, I'm very much addicted to the end game uh, like uh getting to the end game in this and just like seeing what that is and playing with friends um and yeah no uh diablo 4 highly recommend it uh yeah i mean i don't have much to add to it i think you covered everything i'm having a ton of oh, yeah. fun it's one of those things where like i the moment we get done with this that's probably what i'm gonna hop on and play uh me and the guys have been playing you know, almost every night for a couple of hours and the time really does fly by. It's also one of those things where like one of our friends who has been playing a, a ton of Diablo, I won't say his name just so he doesn't get in trouble, but he's been uh, remote playing from work, right? <laughs> and so he's been able to like, you know, and this is the type of game where like you if the, it. yeah, if this, yeah. the buffering drops a little bit or if, you know, the latency isn't, you know, um, super low it's still totally playable still you know can can handle it and so yeah no it's been a blast uh what yeah. else you've been playing anything else or it's just been just diablo 4 uh, just diablo 4 and j- just to give you a uh idea like where i'm at i'm i just got to act five today uh level 49 uh, 48 bar- barbarian uh finally unlocked the damn horse um takes way too long <laughs> to get the horse yeah 
Yeah, that yeah. would be my one complaint right now. Yeah. Is that well, once you once you do horse. once you get that horse though, oh man, I got the pre-order horse and I put yeah. the unicorn armor on it. I'm running around on my unicorn. It's great. Awesome. And, awesome. The, and the story, I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying like, the story so far too. Yeah. I mean, I really like. I really am. It's one of those things where like I'm also a big supernatural fan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think I'm I never watched the last two seasons. Fourteen seasons might be my limit, but I yeah. Th- Lilith, mother of monsters, uh, here with the call her mother sanctuary and stuff like that. Like all, all this stuff and all this lore is right up my alley, mm-hmm. you know, showing the the fact that like sanctuary or earth is basically just this battleground for this endless war between heaven and hell and how both sides are kind of just jerks and don't care about us. Like, but like uh, even like Lilith in this is like as you learn her motivations, I'm like. She's not wrong oh, right. because the one the one thing the one thing I like as I explore more and more of uh, the world in Diablo is like yeah. it's not worth saving. Like I, I'm sorry, there's like you get to a section where there's cannibals, and I'm just like, there's too many cannibals in this area. It's like it, well, we there's were, enough we were... cannibals here uh, to eat everyone else in uh, uh, on this continent. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> we were talking about this actually. At- when we first were the first like five hours into the game or whatever. And we were talking about the fact that like, how is anybody at all sane in this world? Because right? this is just their reality. Mm-hmm. And it's always been their reality. Like skeletons, zombies, you know, werewolves, wargs, like these things are just running around on a daily basis. You know what and I mean? There, there's like not one pretty location. Like everything is run right. down and destroyed. Right. I'm just like, why, why save this? Why does anybody care? Um, but the yeah, greed no. of humanity. That's what home. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so besides Diablo 4, I finally finished up Resident Evil 4 remake. I don't have a lot more to add than, than what I've already said. That game is so good. Man. And it's funny. I've talked about it before how because I didn't grow up with a PlayStation, you know, I was I always had the opposite console. And then I would go over to my friend's house and, and play some of the stuff on PlayStation that they had. Like, I remember playing a lot of NBA Jam and, and games of that ilk, uh, multiplayer stuff. So single player stuff, I didn't get to play a ton of that was PlayStation exclusive. So like Resident Evil 2, the most recent one was my first exposure, Resident Evil 2. Same with 3, now with 4. This isn't quite my first exposure, but it's the first time that I've played the game all the way through. And uh, man, they have absolutely nailed how to do these remakes. I, I don't, I don't understand how anybody can release a remake of a, a, an old title, a beloved title, and not release at the quality and the standards that they have been doing. Right? I mean, there's yeah. all this, all the news of, that's come out so far about this Metal Gear Solid Three remake that's coming out with the fact that they're just using the voice lines from the original and there's no new. I mean, those are good voice added. lines. <laughs> yeah, but it also means that there's no like modernization of the story or fleshing out. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I was talking to my buddy, Mike, who's a huge Resident Evil nerd, and he was talking about how like they made Ashley in this game like a, a, a an actual character, right? Mm-hmm. And fleshed her story out. And how it still maintained a lot of the like uh, campy and cheesiness of the voice lines and and the, some of the cringe, but but toned it down to like an acceptable level where it's like it's charming and not obnoxious. That and, and that's so, hard to do because I yeah. think a, a a lot of 
TV shows or movies try to capture when they bring something back that like the charm or the magic or something, but they never get it right. Yeah. So also it. these games, this art. I mean, the RE engine is has some of the best looking visuals out there right now, and it continues with Street Fighter Six actually, which is also running on the RE engine. And I finally installed earlier today and then got to play 15 minutes of, you know, 20 minutes of something like that. So enough to create a character and kind of start that open world single player um, storyline they have there. World and Tour? Do, world Tour. Is that? Yeah, that is what the single player. Yeah, it's like World Tour, Battlegrounds, and mm, I don't remember what the other mode is. but Street Fight. <laughs> yeah right. and uh and then i played a little bit of the tutorial whenever even if it's a fighting game franchise that i've played in the past and that i you know have a lot of time in i always go and play through the tutorial because i want to see what they're doing for onboarding and i want to see what advances they've made to kind of like i'm a below average i'm not like the worst street fighter player out there but i'm definitely like below average as far as street fighter players are concerned and the only game the only fighting games that i've ever been average or above average have been like there's that grand blue fantasy which released on playstation and then prior to that was killer instinct that launched with the xbox one and both of those have absolutely in-depth fantastic tutorials and so i've just gotten through the basic one in this one but i did see that they do have more in-depth tutorials going forward so i'm going to give some of those a shot that game looks great it feels great to to, to play and the story mode so far, and granted, I'm only, you know, 10, 15 minutes into it, uh, does not feel like something I'm going to put a lot of time into. <laughs> I understand that, like, part yeah. of the charm is how ridiculous it is and stuff like that. But at least in the beginning, it is taking forever to... There's way more talking than there is street fighting in yeah. it so far. And that is uh, kind of a bummer. And part of me, like I said, I'm very early in, so it could just be this is the tutorialization of this mode, and so things will pick up. Um, but I'm I'm super super excited. It's also really funny that like every character in this game, it doesn't matter if it's male or female, their their body proportions are so off <laughs> and ridiculous. The I, the main the cover character for this game is uh, Luke, right? Who was yeah. added in Street Fighter Five, and I think when they added him, they even said like, oh, this is teasing the future of the franchise and stuff like that and his you remember how massive chun li's thighs were in street fighter 5 yeah well that's his forearms in this game like his forearms and arms are ridiculously thick and don't make any sense like he's all arms and 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 with a medium torso it it looks absolutely insane um but I'm excited to spend more time into it. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Is... Spend, I'm excited to spend more time into it. And at, just at first blush, like it feels great to play so far, and it is gorgeous. And so I'll have more thoughts on that next week. Yeah, I was planning on picking this up, but then Diablo has such a hold on me, and I'm mm -hmm. like, I should just wait for this to go on sale because it will. Or I could just wait for the third iteration of Street Fighter Six at some future date. I will say that I did mess around. So in the in that world tour mode, uh, the very first chapter, you have to use their new modern controls. 
uh, they don't let you switch to classic controls. And so far, uh, the modern controls seem pretty good, actually, especially for somebody who is not great at the game. I think that my problem with modern controls is have just, I know that I have less control over what I can do. And so far, uh, I have been sticking with, when I went over to the Battlegrounds mode and was doing some of the tutorial stuff, I switched over to the classic controls and that just felt more comfortable and more at home. But I haven't had enough time into either to decide which is better. Uh, I will say I have been looking at uh, some custom fight boards, some some hit boxes. Does that uh, Razer have, one that was announced? I know, I know, but that's, that's PlayStation I, and, and PC. PC only. But I found out that there are some hit boxes that use custom Xbox uh, PCM boards or something like that, uh, or PCB boards. Anyway, um, that allow you to use it on Xbox and on PC. And so. Um, do you pick we'll up Street Fighter on Xbox? We'll yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm still. Um, I still don't know if I'm gonna go Xbox or PC route. I know that like at the end of the it day, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, because the crossplay. Yeah. I I had gotten on Xbox just because my Razer fight stick is really finicky on PC for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, works flawlessly on Xbox, but on PC it's just like I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't want to register or, or recognize it, and so. All right, NG saying Hitbox looks so good, but Hitbox might be banned. NG, if I'm ever in a fighting game tournament, it's yeah, not right. because of Hitbox. Yeah, yeah. It's because I paid uh, Daigo to uh, pose as me and have plastic surgery um, yeah. to, to take on my appearance. I'm not getting a Hitbox so I can do tourneys. I'm getting a Hitbox so I can hold my own against our friend Taylor. That's all That's all I'm doing it for. I, I got a Hitbox only because I have no... Um, no spending control and want in the hitbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> It'll collect dust for 90% yeah. of its use. Um, but yeah, that wraps up what we'll be playing. Let's go ahead and get into the news. It's a fairly light news week, um, especially when we are kicking it off with a tabletop game, not even a video game news. Uh, Bala, you want to talk about yeah. this one? Yeah. Uh, sorry. I was actually looking up an update for this. Uh, so... Gloomhaven is having this big launch festival um, ahead of its next campaign, uh, which is about miniature, uh, like 500 miniatures that they're releasing for Gloomhaven, mm -hmm. uh, like for enemies and uh, new updated character ones. Uh, but along with that, and the tabletop RPG that they're doing as well that uses the Gloomhaven uh, characters and cards. Uh, so they're putting out like a like a D&D style book uh, for the, their campaign for Gloomhaven. But uh, to leading up, that's all coming, I think, on the 20th, later this month. Uh, but they did their initial launch announcement, and there was a surprise one in there that Gloomhaven is getting a second edition printing, uh, which goes uh, up for pre-order on June 20th. Now, what does this entail? Uh, pretty much they've redone the entire game. The narrative stays the same. Some of the dialogue and writing... Um, gets a little bit punched up, a little bit uh, tighter and nicer, but all the characters and their abilities are uh, reworked. Um, the map is different. <laughs> uh, um, campaign missions are uh, restructured to be more fair and more fun. Uh, they've taken a lot of what they've got heard from the uh, community from Gloomhaven and what they've learned from Frosthaven and are essentially 
doing a 2.0 to Gloomhaven, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, does this mean the digital version is getting an update? Probably not, unless the developers there find the need to do so, but that kind of entails redoing the entire game from mm-hmm. the ground up because there's new mechanics, new abilities, uh, how things work. Um, even like the figures for the characters are all being redone. Um, so initially there, um, one asked if there was plans to do like an upgrade for people that own Gloomhaven 1. They're like, if we were to do that, you'd just be buying the box for second edition uh, with everything. It's like there is no easy path forward for this. What they did say after listening to community uh, guidelines is they're go- as part of the June 20th, they're going to do a mercenary upgrade pack uh, on their backer kit campaign. Um, and so it will include the following for all 18 characters, new ability cards, attack modifier cards, character mats, and punch out. Uh, sheets. Additionally, it will include one uh, punch board sheet with new condition tokens as well. Um, it will not include the miniatures, um, but those can be uh, backed through the miniatures of Gloomhaven uh, backing. Yeah. yeah, and so and so yeah. So here's what's new in uh, Gloomhaven Second Edition: uh, rebalanced and redesigned characters, 18 characters, updated map and overlay tile art, new card designs layout. Artwork, same with monsters and character artwork. New redesigned and rebalanced items, new and rebalanced monsters, new scenario book and section books with <laughs> new redesigned and rebalanced scenarios, new campaign tracker, new world map, new miniatures, revised story and entirely new events, new faction reputation system that will lead to difficult decisions and unique rewards, new puzzle book and town record story, new optional difficulty mechanic. The game's hard as shit already and yeah, normal. Uh, new faction envelopes, new conditions, new and rebalanced random dungeon cards, solo scenarios, and removable stickers uh, set. Uh, there's no plans to redo Forgotten Circles and Jaws of the Lions, um, a content that was put out as expansions. But yeah, if you're a fan of tabletop RPGs looking for something new, uh, or we're ever looking to get into Gloomhaven, wait for the second edition. Predators go live June 20th. I'm uh, a little bit torn about this because we have put that, so much time yeah. in first edition. I don't even know how. I think I, I like to think we're 60, 70% of our way through it already. Um, but like, I don't, I would love, love to have this, but like, I don't see myself actually sitting down and playing a physical edition of this. Um, yeah, I will say, though, some of the things that they're changing is exactly why I didn't pick it up in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of the reasons why I picked up Jaws of the Lion instead, because mm-hmm. that one, uh, by all accounts, is a much better balanced, fairer, still difficult, but fairer game. And yeah. so uh, the idea that they're re-releasing it with better balancing and, and a better play experience and stuff like that is super interesting. Not that I need, I mean, Jaws of the Lion is still sealed, having cracked that open to start playing, but... Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I mean, like, it is a fantastic, fantastic um, uh, board game. Like, if you yeah. can find the group, you can do it on a consistent basis. It's a lot of work. Uh, that's who, I'd, but it's, it's a great time. Like, some of my favorite gaming moments uh, over the last couple of years have been in Gloomhaven. So, um, All right, Kevin, yeah. you, re- you ready to drop my hero and just start picking up and playing Gloomhaven every week? 
Dude, I'm so stuck on the. Uh, I'm two stories ahead, and I am literally. I cannot think of anything else than what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> but, right. but yeah, gloom heaven dead, dead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dead. <laughs> two two stories ahead. Uh, what's gonna be three stories? Because I actually let's just stick with tabletop. Can you bring up this other tabletop news article that we have? Uh, yeah. read the title and I'll click in. It's or... about Warcana. Oh, that one. So, yes. Yeah, so I saw this. What was this? Had to be earlier today. I saw this. Yeah, yeah earlier today. Uh, so, Dizzy Lorcana launched threatened by Upper Deck lawsuit. Did you see this, Kev? What? Yeah. So, Upper Deck is alleging that publisher Ravensburger and co-designer Ryan Miller stole its intellectual property. So, from the complaint, throughout Miller's time as lead game designer of Rush of Icor, Miller had direct access to Upper Deck's confidential proprietary information, including without limitation. Rush of iCore draft rules, concepts, components, designs, marketing strategies, and plans for implementation. So I should take a step back here. Upper Deck is saying that basically Lorcana is a reskin of Rush of iCore, which they have not, prior to this, uh, announced. And I went through and I actually read most of the complaint before we started this. Um, oh, lawyer talk. Is that, Come is on. Legal, yeah. Is it a legal <laughs> document? Or? Before we, huh? Is that a legal document? It is, yeah. It's the actual complaint okay. that they filed with the court. Oh man, I, so, I need like I need like lawyer music to cue in. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just need the law and so, order. Dun, dun. All right, so let me finish reading this statement. Uh, rather than allow Miller to honor the agreements and their terms, Upper Deck is informed and believes that Ravensburger induced and intended for Miller to breach his obligations so that it could capitalize on Miller's knowledge of the elements of the Rush of Icor game, so he could make a near identical game for it. This allowed Ravensburgers to gain a competitive advantage, an accelerated launch, and bring a nearly identical TCG to market under a different brand. So I went ahead and read through the complaint. And let's be real. There's a lot of elements in all TCGs that are shared amongst other TCGs, right? Right. Yeah. So right. they mentioned that in Rush of Icor, uh, players draw have a 40-card deck that can, uh, can only have two colors in it, right? Uh, it doesn't say in the complaint that it has to be two colors. It says it can only have up to two colors, I believe. Right. So similar to like what one piece does, depending on, you know, you can have a red, blue character or, or yeah. blue, purple, whatever. And Lorcana's decks are two colors, right? So sure. Having a two color deck versus up to two color. One piece has single monocolor and dual color decks and stuff like that. Similarities with other card games. Not Very not that big super. of a deal. Yeah. yeah, there's also that in their game, your turn opens up, you draw your hand size, then you draw a card and place it face down in um, your influence, right? And the influence is the currency to pay the cost of the cards, right? Lorcana works by, after you draw your cards, you choose one of those cards to basically sacrifice and put face down in your inkwell. And it has to have... It has to be a card that has an ink symbol on it. So you actually have to show uh, your opponent that you're playing a uh, valid card. Right. Yeah. Uh, card. Okay. And That's so, pretty similar. And so, yes, again, similar, not identical, but, but similar, right? Right. Something that's unique from other games, definitely. Sure. What gets me here, though, is the actual win conditions of the game. Right. It talks about other stuff about when cards are tapped, only being able to attack characters that are t 
tapped, right? That's, that's one piece. Every, is, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's so many one games. piece the same way, right? Yeah. Like so many, so many games are like that. Um, what gets me here though, and reading through the complaint, is that the way you actually win the game. So in Rush of Icor, you send your characters on raids and you tap them and they go on a raid. Okay. Each character has the characters are raiding for gems and each character has a gem value on them. So when you tap them to go for a raid, that's how many gems you get. Once you reach the threshold of gems necessary to win the game, I don't, I don't think they listed here what the exact number was. That's how you win, right? So as opposed to some other, uh, most TCGs where you are actually trying to wipe the other character out or the other player out, you were trying to just build yourself up, right? Yeah. That's the main focus of Rush of Icor. Lorcana, his main it's, focus is lore. And when you tap a character, right, <laughs> you gain lore. And the characters have lore values on them. And once you reach the lore threshold, that's how you win the game. So you don't attack the rules on or this. wipe out other people, right? You build yourself up. And that's and so that's the part, us. They, that's they, the part that, where I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no! It's like, that it's like is... everything else. Everything yes. else is just like it's like okay, yeah, but multiple games do this, yes. and then you get to that, and it's just and like okay, yeah. this is just yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they mentioned that they paid this guy tens of thousands of dollars to design this game and stuff like that, and uh, you see this image that Polygon used right here is uh, just Mickey Mouse reaching out his hand and be like, okay, tell me what the settlement check is going to be so <laughs> well, we can move past this. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder. This is the interesting thing, right? It's because. Disney isn't named as a party in this. Uh, it's just their IP. Or it's just their IP that Ravensburger's yeah. licensing. Mm. And so it's just Ravensburger, the, the publisher of the, of the game, and Ryan Miller. And so I do, I mean, you have to imagine that Disney would only get into this agreement with Ravensburger because they see the money that's in TCGs, they, especially one like this where collectors and people who don't normally play TCG games will be getting involved and are interested in it. So yes, I could see a settlement check coming out and them them working something out. Um, I do wonder it though, if the number just at some point Disney is like, look, like this is your problem, not ours, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And if the delay, if the launch, if the launch does get delayed, um, could you imagine they're not allowed to do anything at Gen Con? That's what? that would be. Gen Con might cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Gen like Con's gonna be like, do you know what Lorcana is? Yes, yeah. you can't come inside. <laughs> yeah, because part of, I mean, listen, not for nothing, but the, the the tickets that sold out the fastest were the Lorcana tickets for Gen Con, and a lot of the buzz around Gen Con is the fact that it is the first place you can get your hands on Lorcana product, and ah. so <laughs> it is. Uh, this is insane and super interesting. Um, Polygon has a copy of the complaint right in its article. So if you want to go ahead yeah. and take a look, it's not anything like you, you made the joke about having lawyer music and lawyer talk and stuff like that. Uh, for the most part, the actual complaint itself, um, is, is plain English and you can just go in there and, right. and read, um, everything that they are alleging, you know, there's stuff in the very beginning actually, where it talks about venue and stuff like that. But I mean, you can ignore all of that. They've actually broken this down like, like I'm just skimming through it right now. It's very legible. 
to like I the mean, common men. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, actually the whole legal profession for the most part has moved towards that over the past few really? decades. Yeah. So uh, just moving towards plain English instead of legalese, just because uh, there's a public interest in people being able to read and understand all of these documents, right? Um, but yeah, no, this, this is this, this is super this is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting. If like maybe the um, I'm sorry, what was the company who's actually making the game Ravensburger? Yeah, yeah. Ravensburger. Yep. Yeah, if they were just like feeling the pressure of oh my god, like we have this Disney license, however we don't have the game, like let's just steal it. Like, yeah, we I don't, need let's... something that's worthy of the Disney license, and we are not confident that we can create it ourselves. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I am curious. Uh, I don't. I mean, obviously, we don't know when exactly Disney came or Ravensburger approached Disney with the idea of like, hey, let's do a TCG with this property. But Disney and Ravensburger had already been working together. Ravensburger is traditionally a uh, board game publisher, and so they published the uh, Villainous series of board games. So we've had uh, Disney Villainous, we've had Marvel Villainous. Um, recently we had Star Wars Villainous. So Ravensburgers has already proved themselves with the, the, this, the, the House of Mouse IPs. And that's why in the initial announcement video, they, or announcement and press release, they said that, that that was them proving themselves and showing that they could do something and, and do something well with the IP and gaining the trust of Disney. So, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, there's some allegations, I mean, the, uh, Upper Deck is alleging that like they knew that that Ravensburger knew that Miller was working on this game and told him to basically quit his job and come work for them. And then, uh, you know, in so many words, they're saying that like the 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 easiest line of thinking is and you know the shortest path between two points is a straight line right yeah, yeah they told him to come over and said hey whatever you're doing over there just just bring it over here let's let's get out before them and and make this announcement and uh get it out the door and so i i don't know man i'm going to be following this story closely i think this is super super interesting and it's one of those things where like there's a lot of times where we see lawsuits like this and i'm just like this is a joke like the the similarities are so thin or it's there's just not enough there for you to be like yeah that's a wholly unique idea and not something mm -hmm. that's like an iteration on on something else because that's always right. it right like someone could say that he was working on it and he stole all their ideas and, and it's a game if it was just iterations of other games they would just get away with it you know but mm -hmm. that win condition in actual uh is is fairly unique if not wholly unique and I'm sure identical. That find, and I'm so. sure they'll go find some games, board games, car games that right. like yeah, were a course. similar win condition. Like you know, you know, in the legal profession, you can always find another example. Yes. Yes. So it's like uh, this is gonna go to settlement. There's I, no way. I I like I will say though that their as far as their case for damages is concerned, I mean they absolutely have one just because they they their game isn't tied to any individual IP, right? So they were going to release what they anticipated to be a unique game. And the selling point is, hey, this is a unique gameplay experience, right? This is something that no other TCGs are doing out there. It's something that's very simple to, to pick up. Anybody can play. and But there is some depth there in your strategy and stuff like that, right? And that was going to be the selling point. 
Whereas now it's like that's Lorcana launches first. Lorcana has a a named IP, a household IP behind it, and now your one selling point of it being wholly unique is no longer there because Lorcana's doing the exact same thing. So, I I mean, this is one of those situations where I feel like they have a very strong case. And yeah. well, I don't because it is Disney, right? Yeah. That is tangentially tied to this, and they have a stake in it. I don't see this delaying the launch, and I don't see this actually going to court. But if for some reason it did, I think that I think an injunction comes in. I don't think we're kind of launches in August. Oh, <sighs> Jesus. No yeah. way that mm -hmm. you know how many how much money that would cost. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and you have to be like, no, did you, you just to... be like, yo, 10 percent of the profits. All right. Just like 10 percent of the sales, just like yeah. forever tied to Disney money. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. That's uh -huh. wild. I just feel bad for Upper Deck. You know, it's like first they got screwed with Yu-Gi-Oh. Konami was like, "Oh, we'll we'll take it from here," and now they're getting screwed with Lorcana. <laughs> what else has Upper can't... Deck done? Say what? What else has Upper Deck done? Uh, I don't know, but I know they started Yu-Gi-Oh. They took it from nothing to the number two card game in the world, and then Konami took over. <laughs> oh my god! And um. Yeah, it kind of sucks, man. It kind of sucks. Oh, man. Now they have this IP that they're like, oh, yeah, we can make this. We can grind this thing up from the bottom and make yep. it one of the top five TCGs. Lorcana, no! Yep. And it's also like their, I think the art and lore behind their game is, you know, has a more violent lore and, and gameplay behind it and you know just the idea of going on raids and stuff like that and some of the abilities versus this like super wide spreading family friendly right. good for anybody ip and lorcana like oof. yeah um I, I i don't know i i also think it is like it's super bold that if they if they ravensburger and them did just come out and just straight up wholesale steal it because not for nothing but it's not like upper deck is a a tiny indie like you know what i mean like they're a known yeah. quantity oh so, yeah but like i'm reading their what they've listed as their experience of this and they're like um upper deck has developed and successfully sold a multitude of novel and innovative trading card games sometimes called tcg which include but are not limited to reverse system two pcg world of warcraft trading card game Yu-Gi-Oh, superhero squad quick strike and Winks Club, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, I was holding it together until that last one. That's yeah, that last, one, that last one. I was like, oh, come on. It's funny. I actually recently found out about that uh, verse system to PCG, just because it has. When I started getting into universes and stuff like that, uh, and and my hero, um, I was looking at what other like TCGs oh. have. Um, have IPs and stuff behind it that I might know. And they did, they did a Mortal Kombat set, or uh, they did a an X-Force set, a Falcon and Winter Soldier set. Like they've done some Marvel stuff. Yeah, low-key, so, WandaVision. Yep. Mm -hmm. Although I have never seen any of these boxes in a store in person or heard nope. anybody ever talk about it. Nope. So. I, okay, th this these cards also My look man. like they look someone- awful. Uh, they awful. <laughs> photoshopped yeah. them. Yeah. 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 yeah this just is, caps. Yeah. Yep. This is not great. Yeah. There's Which no honestly, artist on the payroll. Yeah. This is this, this is like if I was like, hey, 
Hey, Kev, do, uh, yeah. do you have a card template? Yeah. I'm going to make a Marvel game. Here's my, this is like, they look like what you would use like, yeah, for, if, you were trying to, if you were trying to pitch it. You know, like this is just a quick pitch that you, you this, grew up. Yeah, it's a mock-up. Yeah. Yep, yep. This is what I used in high school and I'm doing a TCG <laughs> for business class yep. that I'm creating. Yeah. All right, moving this on. This what Universe's cars look like 10 years ago. That's what, that's what oh yeah, yeah. No, and it's funny. And it's I was gonna mention you mentioned that they're just screen caps, but like some of the early My Hero art is just screen caps. But it's different when it's live action versus a cartoon, but right? They also had one artist on the payroll, right? At the right. time. Well, I mean, <laughs> they don't have. They don't have more money. Uh, they they have. Uh, Red Deck has no artists apparently on on the payroll. Right. They've they've got a, a right. an intern who's screen uh, print screening and then cropping. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, some of these animated ones are definitely. Nice, like this Captain Marvel one is really nice. We don't yeah. know if that comes from the comic book. Don't give but, him any credit. But like, hey, even if it does, a great selection versus yeah, actual right, screen cap. Right. I give you that. I give you that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth producer checks in with vague promise. It's still on tra uh, track. Uh, let's see. Uh, they, they tweeted out. The game's producer tweeted out on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth developer comment number one. Question, how is development progressing on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Answer, development is progressing smoothly, and according to plan, we are currently working on nailing down a release date for the game. And that they was did, from its producer. They did four of these so far. Uh, just Or are, are six now? Okay. <laughs> they've done six. Uh, yeah, they, they've just been, like, every day they've been putting out a new one, like, um, how are players journey through uh, mm -hmm. the world outside of Midgar, mm -hmm. um, you know... A high degree of freedom, experiencing a whole bunch of different stories. Kev, have we uh, talked about? Do you have any affinity for for Final Fantasy or JRPGs in general? Nah, I just never really played them. I mean, uh, they seem very interesting. They seem very beautiful, more than anything. I love Cloud and Smash. That's I will. It. I will say that they are definitely like Final Fantasy VII Remake was a beautiful game. Uh, I do do not think I would call it interesting. I would call it unintelligible nonsense <laughs> that i yes. cannot believe people have been hyping this game up for as long as they have uh, okay okay let's let's be honest here the five fantasy 7 remake is not a remake of five fantasy 7 it's it's a sequel with I don't even know David Lynchian style storytelling and Kojima esque madness. All I know is that my Square Enix JRPG history consists of Final Fantasy VII remake and then what was the latest Kingdom Hearts? Was it three? Three. Oh god. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not even three anymore. It's uh. Well, yeah. But, I mean, of the, whatever. The, the, the main, the main yeah. line one was three. Right? Three, three. And was then, not great. and then, and then I also played Final Fantasy V. The, the pocket edition on switch the like chibi one and that i actually liked that i actually enjoyed Th so, that game had a great ending i'll i'll, I'll uh that one that one's cool i mean still nonsense come on great ending still nonsense but... no a great ending terrible storytelling <laughs> all right fine fair but yeah i don't know man i i know that people are anticipating the game and, and are excited for the release of this game Every time we get a story like this where they're just like, hey, we're working on it. We just want to make sure we get it right and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, well, I think this was more of an issue two months ago for me where I was like, oh, we need we need games. They give need to release. And now, <laughs> now we've had like what was that an issue two months ago? 
Was that issue two months ago? As you're like wrapping up Resident Evil remake. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. It was an oh, issue man. last year. Yeah, last year it was yeah. an issue. This year it's just like, please yeah. stop. Yeah. Please. Let me breathe. Uh, yeah, I didn't need the apple to be this good. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next story. Hideo Kojima, diehard Apple fan, bringing mm. Death Stranding to Mac. So Apple had his WWDC keynote on this past Monday. And in it, they confirmed that Death Stranding Director's Cut is headed to Mac computers later this year. I do not, maybe one day I will sit down and play Death Stranding because when that game first launched, nobody cared about it and said that it was like, I it was, it was very, I very, I was like, what the hell is this thing? Yes, yes. And then that Director's Cut came out. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, I understand it now. I get it. It's, you know, it's so good, blah, blah, blah. I I don't know, man. It, I just maybe I have to give it a shot because at face value, I have zero. I have less than zero interest. I am I have negative interest in this game. I think I don't like this game. and I've never played it. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, the director's cut was probably like the fanboys not being drowned out by like the regular people who are looking at this game like, yo, right. I'm being a UPS right. driver for like you know 10, yep. 12, 15 yep. hours. Like, so the, my... the the vocal minority you're saying is the ones that like you know talked about how good I've, it is now yeah, I, yeah i installed it on my steam deck and one just very shocked that i didn't i'm even able to run it and i put it on mm-hmm. very very easy mode whatever that setting is uh-huh. and it's just like i can sprint <laughs> <laughs> i can sprint with a whole bunch of packages on my back and not have to worry about the balance system just so i can experience the game all right that actually seems fun maybe i'll yeah. do that as that was the thing okay yeah yeah um my yeah, problem I, with this story was the fact that we're talking about Mac, and I don't understand. I I've been looking up the uh, Mac specs for the past like two stories that you guys have been talking about more important yeah. things, and I will give Apple the fact that the specs on the 2022 and 2023 MacBook Pros look a lot better, mm-hmm. and the iMac, the biggest iMac you can get, which is by the way almost like three thousand dollars. Right. Uh, can run games, it seems like, adequately. However, it doesn't make sense <laughs> that we're trying to put games on Max. Yeah, but I this think. This is an entirely the, overpriced yeah. experience. Yeah, but I think the idea here is that, like, there are people who use their MacBooks. And uh, listen, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a Windows, I'm a PC user. I'm not using iOS. I'm not using, app, like, I'm not, I'm Mac OS. I'm not using any of that stuff, right? Um, but there are people for legitimate reasons, like my wife's cousin is a professional photographer, right? He currently works for a, um, a like destination retreat in, in Africa where they take tourists out on safaris and stuff like that. And he takes all these wildlife photos and stuff like that. And so he built a PC that he had to dual boot and run Mac OS on because of some of the editing creative software that he was using, right? Mm. Um, so I do know that there are some people that just prefer Macs for creative reasons. And so giving them the ability to also play games at the same time isn't necessarily a bad thing. So I like, yes, if you really care about, I mean, it's such a terrible, like, you know, thing <laughs> to say, but it's like, if you actually care, for the most part, people who actually care are gonna, they're gonna have a PC, right? They're gonna play it on PC. but. Yeah making it available to more people or even like you know the people who are just all on board with 
Apple. It doesn't matter if, you know, the the cameras that they are currently using are of the same quality of cameras that were in Android phones two, three years ago. Or if, you know, uh, if they can get more for less out of a PC, right? Like that, they don't care about that stuff, you know? Um, My thing is, like, I know that some people who, um, who you know, think... I want to get a great PC. These are like not like not hardware people, obviously. Yeah, right, right, right. I need a yeah. great PC. I need to go get a MacBook, right? Yeah. And uh, I've run into those people. My dad is one of those people. Um, and it broke my heart when he spent seventeen hundred dollars on a on a MacBook, uh, eighteen hundred dollars when yeah. he needed an audio system. And it's like, and those people are now going to be like, oh. I can game on this as well. Mm-hmm. It's the whole package. And it's like, it's going to just like melt my brain. Well, as, the, um, the real problem is when these people drop 3,500 bucks or whatever on this Vision Pro mixed reality headset they announced <laughs> this thing. Jesus. Which is, and you know, people are going to buy it. It's crazy. And there's no games in VR. There's like a there's like five titles in VR that are really good. Like, that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think there are more that are yes, really good is a good quantifier. I think there's a bunch of titles that are good. I think it's a fun. I've got my quest over there. Granted, my quest is also three hundred dollars. You know, not thirty five hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I don't. It's, I don't. It's know, just man. not the future that we've well, been sold. I think is that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's also At why. This point. I think that's also why they positioned this headset as like this is a computer interface, right? Is the way they described it. It's mm. they weren't going leaning heavy into the gaming aspect. They were just, hey, this is a computer interface. You can do everything on it. Um, I, still, I haven't seen it, but if Google Glass didn't work, then why is this gonna work? This, this I, it's funny. I saw a meme somebody had posted. Uh, actually, if you scroll down below, is your ad in in this article the same as mine for the Vision Pro? If you uh, scroll down, no, I have some sort of ad block right now. Okay, (laughs) well, that's fine. So, uh, it looks like a scuba mask, this Vision Pro. And and somebody, somebody had did a meme of like had the Vision Pro with the price tag and did like optional, uh, or sold separately. And it was like the the snorkel, like not the, yeah, the like (laughs) mouth part of a snorkel. And it was $800. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was like the, the iMac uh, tower that they sold a few yeah. years back, and then they were selling the wheels for it for like a hundred, uh-huh. a couple hundred bucks each. And it's just like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> Is there I, RAM in there? But listen, people are g- going to buy it, and it's I don't know. I don't know. People I mean, are gonna people. I think people are gonna take this thing back as well. No, uh, until I see press hands on with this thing, this is all just bullshit to me. Um, yeah, right. Just Same because right. the sto- the stories around this of like it not really coming together as well as they expected it to be over the years, I, and then just like I I don't know thirty five like yes thirty five hundred dollars is a lot. If they nail it, great. Um, it's still because I mean, it's still a lot. Here's the thing. Name me one product that, you know, from inception, Apple has created that has been successful, not created, not seen over by Steve Jobs. AirPods. That's bullshit. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) The AirPods. (laughs) Like, 
like you know this, this seems ridiculous <laughs> but it seems all I, I I like here's the thing I still like VR is still far far away like until right. they're in glasses form factor it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna listen I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not hating on the concept as a whole yeah I actually it's cool it, it reminds me a lot of what's the one company god I can't think of them right now but was doing the like it was basically like the AR uh, desktop and stuff like that using motion controls and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like it had Think or Magic in its name. Oh, Magic Leap. Was that mm -hmm. it? Is that it? I feel like Magic Leap is the kids' AR toy desktop? company. Anyway, um, I think it's a cool concept. It's just the pricing on it. It's just like I don't know what we're this one? what we're doing. Um. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, like, some of this stuff has already been, you know, in development and shown off, and it is cool. But again, these the the problem is the form factor, especially if you're going to if you're going to do actual computing on this, right? Then mm. it has to be it has to be light. It has to be comfortable for long periods of time, and all of these things just I don't know. Doesn't seem like something you want on your well. face. Like, yeah. You can't be holding your arms up, uh, arms exactly, ahead of you right. for very long. All right, moving on. Activision touts Diablo 4 as uh, fastest selling launch, but what does that mean? Uh, Diablo 4 has been played for 93 million hours or over 10,000 years, Activision Blizzard's news release says in its first paragraph. Uh, looking back through Activision Blizzard's earlier statements about big, best, or fastest sellers, though, one finds that uh, in 2020, World of Warcraft Shadowlands touted as the fastest selling PC game of all time. And Activision actually did put a number on this, 3.17 million units sold through. So through means it bought by actual customers as opposed to sold in. Um, and so basically this story just says that they have a history of saying, hey, uh, all of these have actual raw numbers behind it. And they did not divulge what the actual sales sold through numbers are. Um, now, the difference being that in the past, all their games have where PC only launches. Even Diablo 3 didn't launch on console until later on after PC. And so for it to launch simultaneously on the consoles as well as PC, um, you would expect that it would sell a ton, especially with the buzz it's been getting. But Polygon in their article points out that if it did sell upwards of 3 million, why didn't they actually put a number in 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 it? And so it'll be interesting to see once we get do get these numbers when they do have a uh, quarterly performance report to investors, um, what the numbers actually are. I wish everybody had to like have. Pu I wish it was public how much every game was selling. Yeah, like games I mean, back on Steam spoil us that way. Yeah, I mean back in the day with NPDs and stuff like that before being able to buy games digitally happened, there was an easier way to kind of get those numbers. But now right. with digital sales and stuff like that, like, and the fact that digital sales sales are done by different platform holders with their own personal stores and stuff like that with no yeah. obligations to give those numbers. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, you see the same thing in the streaming space now for like Peacock. Like no one knows what Netflix numbers are. Yeah. Netflix could be like, it's a hit. And you'd be like, well, what are the numbers? And they're like, we won't tell you, but it's a hit. Right. <laughs> it's a, the numbers is, it's in the top uh, 10. Yeah, we renewed it. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> right. All right. Like... Moving on. 
Our next story is probably the dumbest one this week. Coca-Cola's new League of Legends collaboration claims to taste like leveling up. So this article states that there are tons of twists on the classic Coca-Cola formula, like vanilla, cherry, or zesty lime. But the flavor that's apparently meant to appeal to gamers is the Coca-Cola Ultimate Zero Sugar, which is a flavor meant to evoke the taste of an experience point. Let me point a couple things of out. Of a what? I'm going to try this. Let me point a couple <laughs> of things. Let me, just, let, me just, let me just say a couple things, right? One, video game and soft drink collaborations are always dumb as dirt and they're always super cringy um and just like all those you're able to get uh in-game and digital experiences uh when you purchase these Mm. the other thing i want to say is uh i we've talked about this before i kind of love everything around league of legends except for the actual league of legends game uh and also i have tasted I have a soft spot for Coke Zero, and I have tasted all their terrible flavors, limited edition flavors they've released recently. They released one that was like Starlight, that was supposed to evoke the the taste of like space and stuff like that. What? And uh, and it all kind of tastes like when you have the toasted marshmallow jelly beans. Like they all kind of just taste like that. And so uh, I will I will try this. <laughs> as dumb as this is, I will try this, and then I'll let you know and give you a review on whether or not it tastes like. Uh, gaining an experience point or i have to try this because it uh, seems so stupid yo how about this if if i see it at the store i'll pick up like a six pack and i'll bring it to the shop one night and we'll 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 drink it while we play we'll crack them together at the same time yep yep. we'll spit it out together (laughs) i i want to know what experience tastes like oh well (laughs) but remember they're saying one experience point you didn't level yeah, up. Yeah, but but hold on, but no, but one ex, no, but in League of Legends, one experience point is leveling up, and so. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah. And so. I'm all right, you're thinking like in Tarkov. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, we're not, we're not gonna go through all of this, are we? I guess we can do it quickly. All right, ready? Here we go. The Summer Game Fest, 2023 full schedule. We've got Summer Game Fest starting, kicking off June 8th with their. Uh, well, that's tomorrow. What? Yes. Yeah. Well, the 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 Xbox <laughs> thing is this Sunday. Then you yeah. put anyway, the thing in there. I didn't read uh, it. <laughs> Day of the Devs. Day of the Devs is also tomorrow, June eighth. Devolver Direct is going to be June eighth. I'm going to watch the Devolver Devolver Direct. Devolver Direct. Oh, yes, I love always, Devolver. Always has like great, great. Wait, uh, what videos. time is this tomorrow? Uh, that's a good question. Three p.m. Uh, okay. Ooh, yes. I can. Are you home? Because I can live. I could live stream tomorrow. This. I well, am. I know I have my one on one with my boss. That'd be okay. No, I can't. <laughs> oh, Wait, the Devolver Direct is six p.m. The, I mean, Summer Games Fest is the big one. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, Devolver Direct is the big one. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, Wholesome Direct is June tenth. Future Game Show Summer Showcase is June tenth. The Xbox Game Showcase is June eleventh, followed by the Starfield Direct also on June eleventh. PC Gaming Show will be June eleventh. Ubisoft Forward will be June twelfth. The Capcom Showcase will be June 12th. Uh, Sega's Studio Summit will be June 16th. And that's the that studio is the Yakuza Studio. Ryu ga Goto to Gotoku? Ryu ga Gotoku? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, right? Uh, Yakuza Studio. Yakuza Studio. Yep. And then Gamescom Opening Night Live is August 22nd. So, yeah, December. 
the summer is uh already filling up and i will say that one of the things i do like is at least most of this content is like there's a bunch one day right and then there's a bunch over the course of three days and so it's not it's not the same as e3 it's definitely not um but it is kind of close i mean at least we're getting uh i mean really we're just getting xbox and the pc gaming show but the pc gaming show is never in my opinion that that big of a deal or that great of a uh i think it's great if you pay like a lot of attention right sure yeah if you're um, like, I think if you're just like four X strategy games. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's all right. That well, that's your a cup of tea uh, right there. Um, but speaking of the Xbox game showcase, uh, Aaron Xbox's Aaron Greenberg sets expectations. So he came out but and does said, not temper them. All right. So he comes out and says that they will be treated to games, 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 and Starfield, the vice president for Xbox Games Marketing. Uh, he also said that none of Xbox's first-party games at the Xbox Game Showcase are full CG trailers. Uh, this is definitely... I mean, all of this came on the back of that PlayStation conference that we just had, that uh, showcase that we just had. Uh, he also made mention of the fact that there will be no movie trailers in our game show. Also, <laughs> kind of, you know, a response to Sony showing a trailer for its live-action Gran Turismo movie. Um they also he did also say that unlike last year, the Xbox team won't promise that everything it shows this year will come out during the following twelve month window. I think they learned their lesson from that. Back then, I thought it was a great move if they could actually meet those uh, marks mm-hmm. and deadlines. But I mean, I think the realities of game development is that you just can't do that, right? Like you can't. Yeah. You unless those games are like close to gold already, and you're just holding them for spacing out purposes so that you're not flooding the market with all your your products and cannibalizing yourselves then you just can't make a statement like that and And even if you do like limit yourself to the games coming out in the next 12 months you're not showing some pretty good stuff right exactly and so i think that's a smart move i don't think and like like i said if they had hit everything that they had showed then i would have said that 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 was a, a great move last year seeing that it'll be out in the next 12 months and i hope that everybody does that from now on but now that they've done that and and so many titles have slipped from that window it's like no nah, don't even make those kind of promises again just show yeah. me what you got give me release dates on stuff that actually is coming up close right and go ahead and give me a, a windows you know whether it be a year a season or or a month or whatever like you know uh and for, a lesson for to savers. lesson to everybody else don't try that either yeah right 100 percent um he did say that everything is either in-game footage in engine footage or in-game footage with some cinematics and so each of our trailers will be labeled so that it is hopefully clear for our fans i listen you can say that there's not going to be a bunch of cg trailers and i and i i understand that there's a difference between cg trailers and uh in engine footage and stuff like that but not for nothing engine engine footage a lot of times is so close to a cg trailer that like there there's not a huge difference neither of them are truly representative of what the game is going to be so you know show me in game footage right or in game footage and cinematics fine cool uh, that's that's what i want to see um in yeah. engine stuff is cool but don't make a big stink about not showing cg trailers if you're going to show in engine footage that is uh, framed and edit, edited from a perspective that like we're never even going to see, right? It might as well be the same thing. And so, uh, that being said, I am excited and I will be spending all of Sunday um, watching 
Well, not all of Sunday, from 1 p.m. Uh, till you know. Are we? We're, we're gonna live stream this, I think, right? Okay, I, I'm down. Yeah, yeah I'll be. On. I'm I'm setting that time for that. I'm down for Devolver. I'm down for Devolver as well. <laughs> Let's do it. I think that'll be fun. I'll crack a beer and we'll watch. All right. Hey. Sticking with Xbox, Western Digital's new Xbox Series X expansion cards are now official. Uh, they are now available at $80, $79.99 for the 512 gigabyte, or $149.99 for the one terabyte. Uh, we did an article on this maybe two months ago where uh, we talked about how the Seagate ones had dropped in price. And it seemed to be in response to the leak that these Western Digital ones were coming out. Uh, I One of the things I will say, and this is such a dumb thing, but I love Western Digital's aesthetic on their SSD drives, on their external drives and stuff like that, and their WD Black line. And these ex expansion cards fall right in line with um, that aesthetic. And they are the same price as the Seagate expansion cards. I will say that it is still, these are still too expensive. I understand that they are it's a proprietary format and that it is a faster basically through way um in the console than than having like uh an ssd the same way an mvme the same way that the playstation fives do but like it's not fast enough of a difference that like i would even notice and i i do like the ease i do like what i do like best about these cards is that someone like me who has a series s and has a series x that i can just basically treat the cards like switch cartridges right just unplug it my digital games unplug it bring <laughs> it to my series s plug it in and, and and it's good to go there and if i really wanted to i could have multiple of these with different games i would have to keep like a a note on my phone to keep track of what has what um that's a hilarious way to put it <laughs> but yeah mm. but it is uh yeah, it's still too pricey, man. I would love to see the one terabyte closer to one hundred dollars than one fifty, but nevertheless, I think these are good options. I think, like I said, I like WD Black stuff. Um, I think I am running uh, the MVME in this current build. Mm, I can't remember off the top of my head. <clears throat> um, Do they have something more than a terabyte? Because I feel like for one hundred and fifty dollars, there's I a want two There's there's a two terabyte on the Seagate one. Um, but it is, oof, it is way too expensive. Uh, and again, it's one of those things where like the actual proper solution to this, in my opinion, is you get one of these, right? Uh, I, I have one, I got one of the Seagate ones right away because you do want the extra storage. It just makes things much easier. And then you get, you wait for a sale on Best Buy, you get like a five or eight terabyte um, external hard drive for like $115 that you can just keep as cold storage. The transfer between the two is so much faster than downloading, you know, that instead of something that would take you 20 minutes to download, it's like a five minute transfer. Wait a minute. This Seagate two terabyte SSD for the Xbox is $300. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The pricing is yep. not great. Yep. Exactly. And so, I would never do that or recommend oh that. Oh my god! Yeah, they need um, to come out with a converter where you can plug it. No, that wouldn't make any sense. Never mind. Go ahead. But plug USB into an NVMe port, and then you're still on the USB. The, uh, I mean, the crazy thing is, these one terabytes at 150 are still cheaper than what the one terabytes launched at, right? And so, yeah. 
And then, like, at launch, it was one of those things of, like, this is going to hurt to buy, but you just buy it and you forget. Yeah. And that's yep. what happens. I, I mean, I, listen, you don't have much of a choice. Like, yeah. like, I, like I said, I love the form factor. It just does. It really it, does just work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's still, man, it's still priced way too high. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Nintendo has some colorful new Joy-Cons coming. So they uh, announced and showed off their pastel Ooh. line of colors. There's a pastel pink, purple, green, and yellow. And they will be released on June 30th. It feels weird for these to be releasing so late after Easter, right? Yeah. Um, oh, that, I kind that, of felt like it was a nice summer vibe. Oh, really? Yeah. I think... I think uh, I, yeah, I, just, I do see what you mean with Yeah, these, these feel like spring to me. Yeah. Um, also, so late in the Switch's life cycle. I know. Well, whatever. We, we already know. We already know that this has another year, and it doesn't matter because they'll release new Joy Cons for the next five years, and people will still buy them. Especially since they still have the drift issue. Uh, not much to say. <laughs> I think these are. I think these are nice looking colors. Uh, it's always. It's always tough for me with the Joy Cons in particular, seeing them in these uh, press shots like this versus seeing them in person on an actual Switch and seeing what they look like in my hands. Um, as far as like if I actually like the colors or not, but these are cool. It's it's like in this article alone, the the vibrant photo up top versus the the one after, and it just it does definitely feels like the other photos the the, the colors are a little bit more muted than in that press shot. So yeah, um, but nevertheless, I think um, I mean listen, I'm a sucker for different color controllers. All right, last story of the week. Nintendo announces a surprise 1-2 Switch sequel. It is called Everybody 1-2 Switch and will also launch on June 30th to coincide with those pastel Joy-Cons. Um, have you guys both... I'm assuming everybody's played 1-2 Switch, right? I feel like everybody who got a Switch at launch played it. Yes? No? I got a Switch at launch. I've never heard of this game. Are you serious? I, 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 you I never, never played did it. The, you never did the milking game? <laughs> I didn't even know what you're talking about. There's a milk <laughs> game. Rob, you just children. You just <laughs> children. And then, and then someone else, and you're both like, um, "What?" No, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I'm not like. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I wish I could tell you he was all. lying. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a party game where you're going head to head in these different uh, motion controller mini games, mm. and so. One of them is you're like milking a cow. And so you're like pressing the buttons on the Joy-Con on the side. You're holding it like this, pressing the buttons on the Joy-Con on the side and the top at the same time as you like pull down. Uh, there's like a cowboy shootout one where you're both like staring at each other. And then you hear them say draw and you you pull it up, the Joy-Con up point and then pull the hit the button to like pull the trigger. And uh, so you throw your Joy-Con out the window and you break something like device. that. Yeah, something like <laughs> okay, that. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Honestly, it's a lot of fun when you have like, you know, younger kids and stuff like that around. Um, yeah. And, or even if you have like a bunch of friends over and you guys have been having some adult beverages or just hanging out and do something silly real quick, uh, it could be a good time. But it's also a good time for like uh, two weeks. And then you're like, oh, yeah, why well, I have this game. Right. And yeah, that wraps up the news. Like I said, light news week this week. Um, I feel like that's not going to be the case next week, considering all these conferences we are getting over the course we of hope. the next seven days. Yeah, hopefully. We hope. We hope it's good news. Yeah. You know, it could be like, oh, wasn't that conference trash? 
Yep, yep. We miss E3. Shock was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say uh, that on a weekly basis. Shock was right. I also say that Kevin was wrong, but Shock yes. was right on a I'd weekly be wrong. basis. <laughs> I do be wrong. That is what that is what I'm known for. But I will proudly take that cross to the death. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, that wraps up this week's podcast. Uh, Bilal, why don't you let people know where they can follow you, where they can follow the site? Um, you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mion. Uh, and you guys can follow the website over at theworkprint.com. Uh, we have... Mm, what do we have? We had a Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse review go up from Norton. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what, what do you give it? What do you give it? Uh, well, Norton is a girl. Uh, and oh, what she, she give it? Uh, what did they she, give it? I'll just say I'll, they from I'll, now on. I'll just, I'll just read the first, uh, first line. Yeah. First sentence. I'll start this review off by saying this movie gets all the stars. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw it today and I, I wholly agree so far. Yeah. But I'm still fresh off of it, and sometimes there's some recency bias. Um. Yeah. Well, adventure. Uh, Clone High reboot on Max. Uh. Mm. Uh. Other Rob is covering. Got some comic book news stuff that's going up, as well as a review of The Boogeyman uh, from uh, Sunil Patel. Uh, what else do we have? And then uh, Mary Fan also did a write-up on American-born Chinese on um, Disney+. Plus. Either of you guys watch that? I haven't. I've been wanting to. My daughter and I watched it. I, I like Chinese mythology, so I like mm-hmm. Sun Wukong. I like the bull demon and stuff like that. And to see like a very like Disney... Uh, it reminds me of like a Disney Channel, but with with a little bit more money, right? Series and stuff like that that I could watch with my daughter. Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. All right. How many times did you say, "Oh, I, I know that God from Smite"? Uh, <laughs> I am not going to admit that on this podcast, and I I'm, I really feel personally attacked that you would call me out like that and be so accurate. Um, I'm gonna stop doing this show. We have known each other for too long. <laughs> And I am uh, not happy there's, about that. There's just like a jar that appears next time Rob sits down to watch it. It's just like a hundred dollars every time you reference Mike. They they mentioned they they mentioned uh, one of the gods' roles in the pantheon, right? As passing, but don't say his name. And I I like lean over to Arya. I'm like, that's that's Guan Yu. And it's just like, <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, Ted, how do you know so much about Chinese mythology? Oh, she, college. She, yeah, I know. <laughs> No, she sees me every time she sees me play Smite. She's like, "Is that the game that you play and it makes you mad?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> uh, Why do you do it? I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, what about you, Kev? Uh, yeah. Or, or sorry, Bilal, did you do all the socials? I know you pointed. Oh uh, no, right. uh, socials: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, the Workprint. Uh, just do a quick search for that, and we're on there. Um, we do have drops enabled. So if I stream Diablo again, you know, if you gift two subscriptions, you get exclusive shit. Or you watch three hours of Diablo, you get um, drops as well uh, this week and next week. So, uh, yeah, if you're playing Diablo and want some extra loot, uh, be sure to tune in. You also get drops for gifting subs? Uh, yeah, there's a campaign going on for gifting. I have to look up the details. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, look, nice look, 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 look up the details there. Um, I'm yeah. not... A hundred percent, what the things are, but there is something for gifting. And then, shock. What about you? Yeah, uh, you guys can always find me on Twitter at shock2k5 and uh, myherometa.com. 
We've refreshed the visuals. It actually looks like a real website now. Very proud of it. Um, we're going with daily. Uh, we have daily articles going up right now, uh, which is a lot of work, <laughs> but it's it's gonna happen because we got a new set coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to get into the universe card game, myherometa.com. This is yeah. This is nice. As for me, you can follow me over at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0, across all social media. Uh, And you'll also hear soon about some of my plans to start releasing more My Hero content, actually, uh, with the new set. Uh, I think we're going to do a little father-son series where uh, we see if if the son has surpassed the father or not over the course of as little as 10 matches. As most as 20 matches, we'll see. Or 19 matches, I guess, secondly. Um, I mean, listen, we just did over here at the work print, we did a 9 or 10 hour. What was the actual metric? How long was I streaming for that day? Oh, um, God. Stream this I past you Saturday. Yeah. Shot, right? It had to be 9 hours, right? Right. Maybe 10? And Maybe so, 10? I mean, it was With a... Lunch? It was a long one. I have it right here. Oh, it was 11, 11 hours, hours and 46 <laughs> minutes. It was 12 hours. It was a 12-hour stream. We, I pumped out the other day, and it was a fun one, man. I like, I was enjoying myself playing the game. I was enjoying myself. We had a bunch of people in chat, uh, you know, kind of feeling the pain with me when I checked bad, and also like hyping me up and riding the high when I strung out and, and won on some good plays. Uh, we also had appearances from TJ come over, talk about uh, how his day was going, and also run his mouth uh, about me and everything else. And so uh, it was, it was a fun one. And definitely, uh, it definitely was way more fun because we had people stop in and, and hang out and chat. So make sure to keep notifications on for when we go live because hopefully we'll be doing more stuff like that. And it's not always because the three of us, you know, have uh, the families, work, or a, a website that are releasing daily articles for, you know, on top of everything else. Um, we don't always have the ability to kind of plan these out ahead of time, and a lot of it is on the fly. So. Make sure to follow if, us on the socials and to have the notifications on for the streams. If you guys saw everything I did in the last two hours leading up to this podcast, I mean, if you want, tuned in for the pre-show, you saw me eating a quesadilla because that was my <laughs> dinner on the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, that's that's exclusive content you get um, if you show up for the pre-show. Yeah, get here early. Yeah, watch get here early. Elon what? Cam. Yeah, so with the mic on. It's, yeah. It's, it's great ASMR. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys so much for, I mean, I already said, it. you know, all three of us are, are busy and have a lot going on outside of this. But thank you guys for taking time out and hanging out and talking video games with me every week. Or Always. Every week. Yeah, now I need more fury, so I have to go kill a bunch yeah. of creatures yeah, in I think sanctuary. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some of that as well. Um, and thank you, for everybody who stopped by and hung out and anybody who's listening to this after the fact. I always say that the best way you can support us is just tell people about us. The more people we have in here hanging out during the streams, during the podcast, during the pre-show, the more fun it is and the easier it is, honestly, for us to to do this. Uh, and if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can link your Twitch account to Amazon Prime and you don't even have to pay for a subscription to our channel. You can support us that way using your Prime sub. Um, until next time, bye-bye. Okay.